Greetings, this is Carl, and you are listening to Behavior Gap Radio, and today I'm talking about this crazy feeling we have called the imposter syndrome, and I know I've been talking about it a lot lately, and you probably know I'm working on a big project called Do It Anyway, which will end up probably taking the form of a book when we're all finished. But one of, so I'm talking a lot about it, and I was recently on ESPN Radio on Sarah Spain's podcast, and Sarah Spain, if you don't know who she is, she's a pro. Like, I was super impressed. I do a lot of radio interviews and podcasts, and Sarah was impressive. You should go listen to it. We talked about my kung fu skills. We talked about, and you're going to have to go listen to the podcast if you want to know what that's about. But we talked about saying no to projects and how hard it is for those of us who just love to say yes to everything. And then we also talked about the imposter syndrome, and she brought up one very interesting question that I'm still struggling with, and luckily I think I found a a loophole so I can just get out of the question. Uh, the question was, well, what if the imposter syndrome's right? <laughs> what if you're just not good at the thing you want to do? What if, and she was, she was sort of talking about how she gets asked questions all the time by somebody who wants to be a, a sportscaster, right? Because who wouldn't? And they're just not very good. And Sarah's like, well, other than the fact that you're boring and you're, you know, she's trying to figure out how to tell them they're just not right. And and, and so what if the imposter syndrome is right? Well, the loophole, here's the loophole. You know, I, the question was sort of, how do you know when to quit? Here's the loophole. The actual definition of the imposter syndrome goes something like this. It's when we have a hard time accepting our own value. And here's the key. Here's my loophole. Despite external evidence to the contrary. Does that make sense, right? So what we're saying here is there's actually evidence that you're pretty good, or at least you have a shot at what you're doing in order for you to feel the imposter syndrome. That's that, that problem that Sarah identified. Like, what if you really want to do something, like you really want to, and but you're just not very good at it. And, and even worse, like, what if you really want to do something and you think you're good at it, but nobody else does? <laughs> That's a separate problem and a problem nonetheless. But it, I don't think it fits in the purview of the imposter syndrome because you've got to have that second element despite external evidence to the contrary. And I think that's really important to remember because one area, and I'll tell you a little trick that I've used to deal with the imposter syndrome because I still feel it all the time. And one area where I seem to feel it almost every single time is when I'm giving big keynote speeches. And there's just something about a keynote where you know, there's this big stage and all these lights and, and, you know, people rushing around and people handing you water, like all of that stuff where you, you just, just makes you feel a little uncomfortable, especially when you are first getting started doing them. But I've done hundreds of them now and I still feel a little bit, but now I've learned like, oh, there's that feeling, right? Like it actually gets me excited. Like there's that feeling. I know you're, you're, I know you're just showing up here to sort of protect me, my friend, but I'm glad you're back because we're about to do something cool. But what I did early on after I'd done a bunch of these, and I was still feeling that, uh, the feelings of imposter syndrome right before, you know, like you're sort of in backstage sort of waiting to go on and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Is you have to quickly shift out of yourself, like stop relying on yourself and quickly go to the external evidence. That's what I would do. Now we don't want to walk around reading our own press all the time. So I'm, not, I'm clearly not suggesting that. But what I'm saying is in those moments when you know you're going to face that feeling, shift to the external evidence. So I would actually bring some good reviews 
of past keynotes. And I would just read them and I'd say, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Like, forget yourself. You don't get to decide here. The evidence is in, right? The jury is in and the evidence is clear. You do a good job at this. And so go do your thing, right? So that's kind of the, the and it's interesting as I'm interviewing people for the Do It Anyway project, I'm gathering Do It Anyway stories and I've, I've been talking to some really well-known people who you'll just be blown away when you hear their stories about them feeling the same way. Most of them have some little mantra, self-talk, a ritual that they go through to remind themselves of that exact same thing. Like, hey, wait, it's not your job to decide whether you're good or not, right? It's the job of the external evidence. And we could say it's the job of the market. You know, it's the job of the audience. It's the job of, it's the, job of the internet. It's the job of the world to tell you whether or not this is a, whether or not you're good at this in a way that you'll get paid for it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't continue to do something that you think you're awesome at and you love doing as a hobby, but when we're talking about making it your livelihood, that's when the sort of imposter syndrome thing seems to come up the most, right? Especially when we add money to the equation, we're getting paid for something that's no longer, quote unquote, it's no longer just our little hobby or art or whatever those labels we'd put on it to allow ourselves to relax. So just remember, it's the external evidence. That's my way out. Sarah, if you're listening, <laughs> I told her I didn't have an answer. And she's like, okay, our show's over. Sarah, if you're listening, that's why I don't have an answer. I don't think it actually fits in the definition of the imposter experience uh, because it's important that we have external evidence. So you've already, you've, you've gotten some suggestion from the world that you're good at this and the world is saying, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, right? So the external evidence is positive. That's my way out. So remember, external evidence... External evidence, external evidence. And early on, while you're doing work that scares you, and actually, as long as you keep doing work that scares you, which I hope is our whole lives, right? It's nice to have the external evidence close at hand when we may need it. So that wraps up another episode of Behavior Gap Radio. <laughs>